What is up, everybody? Good morning. Happy Thursday. We are back. Hope everybody enjoyed your NBA bit off day. We got Weisberg joining the show today. We're going to talk a little bit about that uh, ESPN bet slash barstool slash pen deal that went down. It's a lot of fun, different angles that we can get into about that. Well, and then we'll also chat a little bit about the Series 1 drop since that has happened since the last time we were here. Uh, more importantly, though, let's see who we got here. We got Jump Shoot. Jump Shoot letting us know, too. Uh, Greeny no longer doing... NBA countdown and the finals and God, thank, thank God, thank God. Let's do something a little bit different. Shout out Malika Andrews. Snoop loops up in here. Happy national s'mores day. We love that. 3DH, uh, top shot, common man, temporarily Boston base. Okay. Boston base also out there on Twitter saying everybody was getting pizza today. And then I guess in a weird way he delivered, uh, Stubbs is here fresh off his LeBron debut poll. Patrick coin. Who else we got? Garen's up in here looking for food. Came to the right place. Sneeps, Hugo's here. Anybody else? Anybody else? Uh, I think that's it. Uh, also, I, it was it was brought to my attention both through Twitter and through Jump Shoot that uh, that that Twitter account that on this day in history, what moments happen on this day? There's only two moments that happen on this day, and they were both bull bull. So we'll start with a little bull bull drop. Bull Bull. Bull Bull. His first name is Bull and his last name is Bull? No, yeah. Lucky legs. Oh. <laughs> Lucky legs. Oh my God. I bet his legs are taller than my whole body. I'm leaving you for Bull Bull. Like. There we go. Shout out Bull Bull. Uh, and Aubrey. Good to see Aubrey and Greg. We love to see it. Um, a couple other notes here. Tomorrow we'll be back with the NBA bit again at 9 a.m. Uh, yesterday we dropped uh, another so rare video. Uh, and I did five players I'm just out on this year. There's five players that I'm out on, uh, and it was, like, good players. You know, we didn't just do garbage players that were like, oh, they played 12 minutes a game. We did, like, five, five like, MVP caliber type guys. MVP, when I'm talking about so rare, not, like, actually going to win the MVP. Uh, guys that I'm fading this year in the so rare street. So go check that out. Um, even if you don't give a shit, go let, the, let it run on loop for a little bit. Let's pump those views up. But I think that's it. Join the Discord, all that stuff. Uh, but let's get it cooking. Weisberg. Oh, yeah, Tandy time at 4 o'clock. People are opening packs. There you go. Uh, yeah, we'll talk more about that. I, I got two packs myself. But we're going to bring Weisberg on. Uh, and he said he did some writing this morning. So yeah, fucking buckle up, baby. Weisberg, what's going on, man? Yeah. Bottom shop merch. Yeah. Yeah, I'm out here. Uh, we had a lot to talk about, man. I'm excited. Um, you know. I, I very rarely get this excited to just sit down and go old school for me and just start writing. Um, yeah. So this is fun. I'm, I'm pumped for this discussion on Disney, ESPN, Penn, Barstool. Like, there's a bunch of different avenues here that, that we're going to get into. I'm, I'm excited to jump into it. Yeah, and just so for like quick uh, overview, so that before you get into the nitty gritty, and I'm sure a lot of people saw this too. Uh, yeah, Snoop Loop said some writing, like he wrote a song. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe he'll sing part of it. But um, 
But Penn, who had acquired uh, Barstool, uh, just gave it back to Barstool. I think legally it had to be for a dollar. It was announced yesterday uh, because they're now tying themselves to ESPN, which is now going to be a sports book. ESPN bet is going to be a thing. So that's kind of like the broad uh, one, one big paintbrush. But I, I don't know. Where, where do you want to start with it? Where do you want to, what do you want to get into? Right, let's, so let's give a broader context to what, why this deal is even happening, right? So let's start with ESPN's parent company, Disney. So Bob Iger made waves when he was interviewed by CNBC last month, um, made himself enemy number one of virtually anyone who's striking uh, with a whole host of comments, but particular to talking about ESPN and ABC, he said that the linear TV model may not be their core business. Anytime a CEO says something is not their core business, that means they're potentially going to be sold or restructured. So mm-hmm. Disney chose um, to recently have ESPN be set up as a, a separate business within their corporate structure. So instead of being hidden into uh, that ABC Disney structure, um, we'll get a much better idea starting with their next re- revenue drop uh, next quarter uh, of how much ESPN actually makes as a company. That number has kind of been hidden historically. We have like some basic understanding in terms of how much they make per subscriber, we know a lot of their advertising revenues, which are still really good. Um, but but Disney is basically telling us that they're looking to potentially sell ESPN and or ABC, and they're looking for a strategic partner to do so. To get to ESPN's part of this is ESPN's in an odd position. They're a market leader. They they charge nine fifty per, per subscriber, so they charge more than anyone else. They still have over 75 million, between 73 to 75 million subscribers right now, which is down, by the way, from a decade ago. They were making, they had over 100 million subscribers. We know that cord cutting is a thing. That said, they have a ratings monster in first take, but they've struggled in the afternoons. They've they've reshuffled the deck several times going back to the Pablo Torre show that they had in the afternoons. um, And they just signed Pat McAfee. Uh, a few months ago to take over that time slot. Uh, pretty famously, they, they fired Max Kellerman, uh, Mark Jackson, Jeff Van Gundy, Jalen Rose, among others. Their new CEO, Jimmy Pitaro, known for making a splash, pretty, oh, I see Bandy in the background. Um, pretty, pretty interesting guy, but well-known for making a splash. However, despite all this high-priced talent, uh, ESPN really hasn't grown on the content side outside of first take. Uh, they basically stopped using 30 for 30 in a serious way. Major pregame shows have struggled. NBA Countdown, uh, we we talked about recently. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry. Uh, series. God damn it. Sorry, guys. Um, they have ratings monster first take, but they struggled in the afternoon. Sorry. We, we just got there. Uh, sorry. They basically stopped using 30 for 30 in a serious way. Major pregame shows have shown signs of real struggle. We've no doubt how much countdown is in a rough place, number two to TNTs inside the NBA. College game, game day still rates okay, but to me, the quality is down, relatively speaking. Guys like Tom Rinaldi, not there anymore. So we've seen a drop across the board uh, in terms of their overall content. Yet, uh, they own and pay for a ton of live sports content. Um, and are tied pretty heavily to the college scene and the NBA. Um, and they've also noted they're going to move to a direct-to-consumer model within the next three years. 
um, likely in 2025, 26, after the new NBA deal gets signed. So how do you deal with the lack of content, largely in the afternoons and in radio? Well, gambling shows and a betting app certainly works. Penn came through with a crazy offer. They offered $1.5 billion over 10 years. So they're getting fifty. Um, they're getting $150 billion a year and they're getting another $500 million in stock warrants. So ESPN is getting a phenomenal deal here to basically partner with a gambling company that in Penn that is currently third in the market behind DraftKings and FanDuel. They do operate in 16 different states. They already have an app built out through Barstool um, and they're in already good place there. So, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in here for a second, too, because I think there's something that's pretty interesting about that. I like so Bob Iger and Disney, too, uh, have been like famously out on sports betting. Right. Like they it took ESPN. ESPN was probably the last company to come around and start including like lines in their conversation. The closest mm-hmm. thing they ever got to it for like 10 years was like Chris Berman uh, on the Sunday morning show. And I think it was Hank Goldberg who has passed away in the last couple of years. Like that was the closest they got to like mentioning gambling or lines or anything like that on ESPN. So this is like a pretty big shift for them to now all of a sudden go so hard in this direction. And uh, I'm going to jump. I like you mentioned the, the, the like third in the market uh, like Penn uh, and like the barstool app that was already built, but they are also like, so far away like they're in third but they might as well be like how ufc strike is third in dapper products like it's not (laughs) they're nowhere near and i know we're going to start to get into it but like where barstool basically was only uh only like lit uh in massachusetts like that was the only place where they were able to get their sports book up and running and it didn't even surpass five percent of the market cap of what was happening in sports betting so it like yes they had the app but i mean they were like wildly unsuccessful compared to what penn was expecting them to be so i i'm i'm curious and like like do they think espn is really going to move the needle that much for them and get like i don't know how many people aren't gambling yet or that are now going to start gambling or how many people are on the DraftKings and FanDuel already that are like now i need to come in and get a new account i, I don't know well li- listening to the quarterly call yesterday you know basically what jimmy Pitaro said is this will allow for less friction what that means is like more engagement and an easier way to uh have people bet right so you know, you can go from watching this content to immediately being able to bet on it right away. Now, is I, that going to mean is that going to mean literally in game? Like, are are they going to be promoting this app during? Like, are they going to have Pat McAfee during the national championship game be like doing micro betting? Right? Like, how far down the rabbit hole do you want to go? And how I deep does know. ESPN does ESPN want to get into the gambling space? Because they've signed yeah. this licensing deal, but like. It's one thing to be under Disney and be like, we're going to dip our toes and have a gambling show. They already have uh, on ESPN2 and ESPN+, Plus, which we didn't even touch on ESPN+, Plus, which is kind of struggled, relatively speaking. Like, yeah. And if they're going I mean, to get to like direct the- to con- Yeah. If you're going to get into like direct to consumer and you're going to spin off ESPN, how does this licensing deal work in that way? Like, you have to manage cable... And basically trying to charge people 20 bucks a month on cord cutters and manage this gambling thing and make sure all of it works in conjunction. It's a lot. And by the way, Penn, 
like this deal is crazy for ESPN because because not only are they dumping two billion dollars, but they're basically admitting an eight hundred fifty million dollar loss on the Barcelona deal. Yeah, which I get. I mean, million. I I think that just go, goes to show you like how unsuccessful the Barstool stuff was too. Like I think they expected, I think they expected multiple sports books or multiple states to legalize their sports book. Uh, I think they assumed, especially like I think the the most fascinating thing about Barstool on unable to secure more than five percent of the market cap in gambling in Massachusetts. That's like where bar stools located like that's their home state and they were just barely able to uh legalize that like it just barely passed uh and and it was just very unsuccessful so i do think for penn this was just kind of like listen we're this isn't getting any better anytime soon and there there is like one little loophole too with like i know that they basically said we're 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 giving away $850 million. If Barstool does sell, uh, like if, which I know he said he'll never sell, but he's also said that before and then has sold. Um, so if they, <laughs> if Barstool does end up selling again, they, they will recoup uh, a lot of those losses as well. Yeah. So the Barstool side of this is, is easy, right? Like you get the company back for a dollar. The non-competes are a little bit of mixed messaging. Portnoy actually um, was interviewed by someone on YouTube yesterday and basically said two interesting things. One, he said this deal didn't come together until three weeks ago Mm -hmm. um, on their side. So despite ESPN saying that they'd been looking for a strategic gambling partner for months and they'd engaged with Penn several months ago, um, the Barstool part of this where ESPN was basically like, we're not taking on Barstool as part of your your app, so mm-hmm. you're going to have to get rid of them somehow, um, is intriguing to me. But the other part is that Penn basically was like, these non-competes, I don't think are that bad. I've read different things where some people think they're worse than others. Uh, Portnoy in that interview specifically said, we can't take on gambling ad revenue right now. They definitely right. can't do a gambling partnership in the same way. Right. And they don't want to. Like they don't want to deal with regulators, straight up. Yeah, but, but I think that hammer like, simil- stock price. Yeah, but like what I, I took it too though, you know, like that big McAfee deal with pre ESPN with FanDuel. Like they're not going to be able to do anything like that. They're, none of their advertisements are going to be gambling related. And I- uh, in in the short term, I I I think they are probably. I would bet that the non-compete oh. <laughs> i i would actually wager that the non-compete is probably for like six months on taking on gambling ad revenue i'm just saying they won't partner with the sports book in terms of like having a barstool app but i would bet they still part they still do deals with FanDuel or I, DraftKings. Like i'm, I'm gonna go the term. other way i from what i was seeing i'm gonna go the other way i, I don't think we're gonna i think you're they're gonna have to find some different ways to monetize ads or different. Like uh, I think it was Ryan Glashbeagle from uh, the, from the New York post was like, get ready for some more me undie ads again that we saw from like 10 years ago before the sports books got legalized. So I, yeah, I'll be curious to see what happens. Uh, I saw a lot of like, I I, I only say that because Portnoy specifically in this interview yesterday was like, yeah, we can't take gambling ad revenue right now. Yeah. Which indicates that the time period is much shorter than people think. Now, he might Why? be lying. 
What? Why does that indicate that? Oh, wouldn't that be the case no matter what? Like if there was an expiration well, date? Well, so, so he 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 differentiated between sports books, like saying like we can't take long term partnerships, like branded mm -hmm. partnerships the way that they they currently did, um, in terms of partnering like, with an app versus like, hey, this segment is sponsored by FanDuel. Like I I think that may seem like a distinction without merit to some people, but like. There's a huge difference between like, hey, you know, FanDuel is the official betting partner of uh, Barstool versus like, yeah, DraftKings is sponsoring this segment. Come yeah. sign up with our bar with our promo code Barstool. Like it's an affiliate link. Yeah, that kind of deal. Like I think they can take smaller deals. I just don't think they can do like the massive deal like they were doing with Penn. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting. You know, it's, it's, it's it's all relative. I just think it's wild that they sold it back for a dollar. They, they basically Barstool got bought for five hundred and fifty million dollars. Portnoy makes out like a bandit on this. He gets to make yeah. the kind of content he wants, and now they they have offices in three different locations: Miami, uh, New York, and Chicago. And they're still making a ton of money. They made two hundred million dollars last year. Yeah. So like they're still in a good place big picture i'm just intrigued to see where barstool goes from here but to me the espn and pen part of this is far more intriguing in that like i don't know that espn knows what they're getting into and i don't know that they know how to manage it i just think they're it's too late like i think they they missed it like i, I like this the window Again, I don't know how many new people have been like waiting on the sideline to get into gambling and are now, now everybody's already like that. We've all tested all the different affiliate, uh, not affiliate links, but we've all tested all the promos when shit was legal, right? Caesars came out with one. MGM came out with one. You had DraftKings, you had FanDuel. Everybody's using the, the bonuses or whatever. They're testing out the sports book. And then everyone who gambles regularly has found a place where they gamble now. Now, occasionally you'll be like, oh, wow, ESPN has better odds over than DraftKings right now. So I'll slide that one bet in over there. I just don't know how many times people are going to be – I don't know how many people are like, holy shit, I need to be betting on ESPN now. Um, yeah, but the, the flip side of it is they still have 70 million-plus subscribers. Like, they're still going to get a core competency of new – of potentially new customers. So right? you think – you think there's a bunch of people that haven't started gambling that are going to start gambling now that it's on ESPN? I'm not saying that there that that number is going to be huge. I'm saying what ESPN is betting on is they're going to be able to get new repeat customers through basically marketing to a much broader audience than Penn and Bar still ever could. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I that's that, definitely I think that's true. the bet. That is definitely you know, true. Pun, pun intended. That's the bet. And I think, and uh, Sneep says there are younger people in the world. And Sneeps, let me let me put this back on you. How many of those people are going to be introduced to gambling via ESPN versus like TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, like where the, that you know what I mean? Like they're not. That's not. They're not getting their bets from first take. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for the uh, Stephen A. Smith gambling cakes. Well, That's and that Stephen be... A. Smith's, but Stephen A. Smith's in a weird spot too because I, his podcast is, his podcast is, I think, sponsored by FanDuel. Yeah, and so I wonder. I mean, I wonder how 
reticent he's going to be to like get on ESPN and start hammering. He's going to have to. Bet. Yeah. Like li- literally the deal states that ESPN talent is going to be promoting the app and betting. Yeah. And it's That'd not just going to be Stephen A. Smith. You're going to see ESPN bet everywhere. And Disney's going to make, you know, they're going to push us as hard as they can. The question becomes, like, once again, just to get back to it, Disney's a pretty conservative company. The fact that they're getting into this is pretty insane. But, Mike, to your point, it's crazy because they're late. They're so and late. ESPN's I mean, like, been late for a while on, on this. Yeah, I, I yeah, I don't I don't get it. I, I and now I, it makes me think that they're going to have to hire like new talent too. Cause I like who's tuning in to see like I don't know if Kevin Agandhi's still there. I don't watch Sports Center regularly, but who's like oh I need to get Kevin Agandhi's three bets for time. I mean like Scott Van Pelt who was already doing it on his radio show back in the right. day. Like of course he's already very and, and, like and he has couple, a bad beat section already. Right, they're like right. they'll have a couple people that are really really good for that. Um, but hold on, Mike Mike in the chat was saying, here, here we go. Baston says, serious gamblers will open an account to get any offers that will be used when offering best odds, markets, or other bookies don't. Uh, and then came out and said, I have about four or five accounts here for options, but on the whole, I use two in the main. One usually is better odds. See, that, and that's what I was getting at. I think when it is announced, a bunch of people will sign up. You'll take, like, in the same way that I did with the Caesars app, like, because Caesars had this, like, bet 500, get 500, basically. It was, like, 500 free sure. bucks to get you to sign up. And that was the one time I used that account. And since then, I just kind of I stay on FanDuel because that tends to have the better odds. Um, and it's just like what I'm comfortable with. And I feel like that is that's what we'll see. You'll see a bunch of new accounts early on. And then I don't know. I, I am curious to see like where from a content perspective where this goes uh, in the next like year or so and how it changes what the day to day ESPN content is. Do you think that they're going to get into like even weirder, more niche stuff? Do we think that like. ESPN fantasy is going to start doing stuff like best ball. Like maybe I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, underdogs done such a fantastic job with it. I could definitely see ESPN being like, Hey, here's, here's this other way for us to potentially make revenue. Yeah. Um, and maybe, I mean, I, right, maybe I, cause they, they already have like the, the fantasy uh, app built and everything like that. One of the things too, and, about underdog, that I, I will know, they, they do have a gambling show. Uh, it's with Joe Fortenball, or who's formerly from 95.7 The Game here in San Francisco. Um, I'm blanking on who their other co-host is, but they have an ESPN bet show that they made prime time in the announcement yesterday. Now, yeah. whether that's going to change in the future, who knows? But, like, yeah. they, they are going to push it. Whether or not, like, it's successful remains to be seen. And I will, I will note this. They are likely to partner with a strategic partner and get distribution. What does that mean? It likely means Apple's probably Apple or Amazon's going to buy a piece of ESPN, and then all of their live content for their new um, direct-to-consumer model will be pushed through there, including ESPN Plus. So understand that, like, while the Pen deal is part of this, ESPN has a much broader strategy of like how they want to attack the future because cable's dying. Understand? Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. I, this kind of it's funny it's funny this feels more like a lot of like i i'm thinking about this like two years from now and will it matter at all and i just kind of think this is going to be like a nothing burger like i just don't think i i don't think it's going to actually like i do think it matters right now and it's like fun to talk about i just don't know i don't know 
what this actually does like long term. I don't know how successful it is. Feel honestly, it just seems like desperation. Like it doesn't do feel like super Do you desperate. think that if they had gone with DraftKings or FanDuel, it would have been a game changer? Uh, sorry, you broke Penn. up a little bit there. Say that again. Do you think that it would have been a game changer if they had gone with a market leader like a DraftKings or a FanDuel? I. Uh, Maybe I, I think so. I but again, I still think like yeah, if they just like swallowed up DraftKings or fan or something like that, like yeah, I think that that's definitely something. That's something. That is something. Um, I just don't because yeah, yeah. this is just a this is just a partnership ultimately. And yeah. if after ten years ESPN says you know what this shit didn't work, we're just gonna or Disney in particular is just like you know we're just gonna buy DraftKings. And just make yeah. them our our model. And look, uh, jump shoot to your to your point on Pat McAfee. That's going to be a huge part of this. That's part of the play. Yeah, like McAfee's going to dominate the afternoons for them, and gambling's a big part of that show. And McAfee's going to be all over their shows, whether that's the the afternoon stuff, college football, any kind of second show concepts that they're doing uh, with Omaha Productions, like. Mm-hmm. They're going to be doing a lot of that shit with McAfee. So no doubt he is a big part of what their content model is. Yeah. And he spent the last two years getting everybody to sign up on FanDuel. Like, yep. I, you know, like, I, I don't know. I just don't. I Again, I see accounts being created and not being used. Uh, Garen is saying, I think there are 20 plus states that do not have mobile sports betting. They can focus on new markets as legislation's passed in new markets. Yeah, that that's a good point. But uh, the other thing I'll say, too, is and I this kind of ties back into what I was going to bring up earlier. Uh, Jeremy Levine, who is the founder of Underdog, uh, was kind of getting into it a little bit with uh, I believe it was Jason Dobbins of DraftKings, uh, because DraftKings and FanDuel have spent the better part of the last 15 years like lobbying behind closed doors. Uh, like like trying to get states to legalize stuff when it was before, like when I first moved to New York, they, for maybe like six months, you couldn't play DFS in New York because that was like technically not under the parameters of like what you could do. It was like considered gambling, but then gambling got legalized. So I, yeah, I mean, ESPN I'm sure has some heavy hitters in the lobbying business as well. And we'll have no problem getting, getting that going, but I still think DraftKings and FanDuel are like so far away. Like there, it's like the Kleenex tissue thing, right? Like when you think about sports betting, I bet people like refer to DraftKings and FanDuel before they actually say sports betting in a lot of cases. Particularly online sports betting. Right. Right. Gambling with an app, like, like Mm -hmm. in that particular subsection. Yeah. I think that's where things get intriguing and look, ESPN's making this play. They, they are going to push this product as frequently as they can. And the, their revenues have struggled a little bit. They're still making a ton of money on the advertising space. They're actually making more per dollar than basically any of their counterparts in the space, like FS1. But yeah. like, th- this is a short-term solve to me. This is a, a company that's a little desperate and yeah. hasn't fully figured out what their content strategy is. And is now just like, well, we're losing subscribers. We don't really know what our direct to TV model is going to be. They've lost a ton of fucking money on ESPN plus. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, man, ESPN's in a, in a rough spot. They're, they're always going to maintain a, to me, it's weird. And on one hand, 
They're losing to subscribers to the cable model. And things can change in an instant. You know, big brands, you know, go up in smoke, right? Like Kodak was the biggest name in photos until they weren't. Yeah. Right? So this can change really quickly. But moves like this, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to be intrigued to see what ESPN does. Yeah, I mean, I think like probably creating content around sports betting makes sense um, from like a consumer perspective. I just like the whole sports book idea is just so fascinating. I And again, I, I brought it up earlier. I just think it's so funny. Like, you know, people have convictions and morals and Disney's different. And then, and then you know, you get strapped for cash and they're like, well, maybe we do a sports book, even though we said we're not going to do any sort of gambling related stuff for the last like 25 years. So I... I'll be fascinated to see how it gets rolled out. Or maybe this is just the beginning of the end of the relationship with Disney and ESPN. It could just be that too. Well, I look, look, I, I think Apple is the most likely scenario to buy ESPN outright. Yeah. And if they do, Disney doesn't have to, to deal with that part of it. Look, Disney took a $2.2 billion loss last quarter. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, so they're, and they, look, they're still making money hand over fist. But, and that's up, by the way. They, they they made m more money last year or this past quarter, but they still lost a ton. So, like, it's all relative. It's funny, too, like, because when you say that number, it just shows you how little that deal kind of was for them with Penn. Like, mm -hmm. it's more of a culture shift and a content shift of what they're doing. But you see that number and you're like, holy shit, Penn just, like, uh, or ESPN just, like, dropped the back. But it's, like, $2 billion is nothing to them. Like, that's just, like, what they lost in a quarter. I mean, it's not nothing, I, but you know what I mean? Like, it just shows you how big how big they Mike, really are. Mike, are you concerned at all about the pen part of this? Like, specifically that they burned basically a billion dollars on the Barstool deal, and now they're burning another two with this ESPN deal? Like, I I, I say you that awful announcing piece, and, like, they, they raised this really good point of, like, this might not be the best partner specific yeah. to that part of it. And it like for Penn, it's a win-win. I understand partnering with a legacy brand, but like there are concerns here that, that the Penn side of this isn't perfect, despite being in 16 states and already having an app and being somewhat established. I don't know. Well, it, yeah, forgive forgive me for having some concerns that the company that thought it was a good idea to purchase Barstool uh, might not be making the most sound decisions. Uh, I couldn't be more fun. I, 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 I get, like, in theory, and by the way, to be clear, full disclosure, I'm a, I'm a Penn stockholder. So, like, yeah. uh, I've lost a ton of money with Penn. I, I bought the top with them, relatively yeah, speaking. Dude. But, like, I... I... I definitely am a. I I think this deal is great in the short term. I may yeah. I may somewhat not. Who knows? But like, I am definitely a little leery of like the long term whether this actually solves anything for Penn. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. I, I we'll have to we'll monitor it. I'm excited to see how they roll it out. Um, I think that's pretty funny. But uh, let's let's do anything. Any other like final takeaways before we dive into a little top shot? No, I mean the, the only the only other thing I'd say, just quickly in the barstool part of this, like I cannot believe the fact that they sold the company for a dollar. Like I know you spent that much money, you, you spent this much time promoting a brand, and you just sell it back for a just literally a dollar is insane. And yes, they'll make fifty percent if Portnoy sells, but like Yeah. Well it's I, funny, I, I don't me, like, understand it. 
it reminds me of a like I already mentioned Jeremy Levine, an underdog. But before underdog, he created this program called Draft, and uh, Draft was ex- essentially what underdog is. And then FanDuel purchased Draft, and then just kind of obliterated. They didn't do anything with it. So then Levine got to just recreate what he had just sold for a lot of money. So it's just it's incredible. I like it's a similar I you know, and fuck Portnoy, but it's a similar thing of like. You, you built this thing, you sold it for a ton of money, and then you just get to do it again, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, all right, let's go, Tesla. One more thing, and then we'll move on to uh, Top Shot. He says, won't the off- authenticity always be limited to ESPN with the lack of barriers to getting content in front of eyeballs? Your top talent is now able to have their own show that could directly compete with you. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and this, is part of, this is part of the issue of having top talent and having a podcast outside of your network. Like, yeah. You know, Stephen A. Smith has a deal with FanDuel, but now has to, like, I don't know how he's going to deal with that. I don't know how ESPN, like, are, are they just going to have Molly promote it during the show instead of Stephen A. Smith? And then you have, like, the uh, bet ESPN thing go on the bottom. Like, mm-hmm. it, it puts them in some weird spots for sure. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's get into NBA Top Shot. So the Series 1 drop happened. All the packs are gone. They sold out like hotcakes. Everybody got a bunch. I saw it was good. It, the, people are like, is Top Shot back? Is Top Shot cool again? I don't I don't necessarily need to do that. Uh, the, 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 it is back in the sense that I saw people be like, holy shit, my life has been changed because of this poll. I saw some people say, like, once again, here's garbage. And they complained about that, even though they knew exactly what was going to be in these packs. And then I even saw somebody complain because of the timing of the drop and that it was like five in the morning where they were. And so it, we just got the full gambit of what the height of Top Shot drops were like. So that was fun. I, I enjoyed that aspect of it. Did you get um, Did you get any packs? I got four. You have four. How'd you do? Went through the, went through the queue twice. Okay. Total. Uh, um, did okay. My I think my best pull was a non Steph Curry TSD, which is nice. It's worth like forty uh, some odd bucks. The um, three point shot. Yep. Yeah. There we go. That's so. Bad. No, it, it, it's it's fine. Like relative to what I could have gotten in in this drop, I did okay. I think I did up about even. Um, I sold some stuff on the backside. I, I just, uh, got a Paul George TSD. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm going to get a couple other things, uh, cause I, I sold some of the S4 rares that we got this year due to locking and yeah. I'm, I'm going to do some shopping, but like, I don't know. I thought the drop went fine, you know, as, as, uh, jump shoot notes, no drop problems. So that's great. Um, yeah. but like, how did you do? You, you hope you got two packs, right? Yeah, yeah, I ended up getting two packs, uh, and they were they were fine. They were fine. So yeah, I had eighty trade tickets, and which it's funny because like you you couldn't really sell anything for two dollars, but you couldn't buy trade tickets for two dollars either. It was kind of right. an interesting spot. Um, but so you assume I spent like eighty bucks, and I think I got a hundred back, maybe like ninety eight back essentially. So I got a Julius Randall debut, uh, Jonas Valanciunas debut, uh, play the drop. SGA. huh? Play the drop. Oh, the regular. You got season, Julius Randall. Yeah. I know we gotta update the dollars. It's like eight bucks. A regular season, Randall. 
Okay. Lower than that now. Uh, but yeah, Randall debut, uh, Jonas Valanciunas debut, an SGA uh, non-debut. And then I believe I got a Zion rookie, but it wasn't the debut, and I thought it was the debut. So that was kind of a bummer. But the Zion rookie, uh, the Vince Carter moment, and then there was one other like real – oh, uh, Josh Richardson, a Josh Richardson debut. Have you thought about flipping any of it to get some stuff that you actually want? Like yeah, flipping yeah. the Vince Carter for for something like a like I've, I've thought about buying the the Jalen Brown TST, um, just because it's like I, I own the Tatum, but a part of me is like, oh, maybe do I buy that TST or do I buy like the the Tatum uh, S2MGLE? Like I've I've looked What's... at like some other stuff that I think are like kind of grails for me that I really like. Um, I'm not in the. Point? What's the price on point the Jalen Brown? It's eighty. It's like about eighty bucks. Yeah, yeah. I did think about it. I, I, I kind of going back and forth of like what to do. I, I kind of was like, I don't really need this Zion moment, nor do I want it. Like, that's uh, yeah, cool. It's his rookie moment, but it's not his debut moment. So I don't, I don't really care too much for it. Um, so yeah, I don't really know what I'm going to do here. I'm going to share a screen here just so we can take a peek at some of the. Uh, some of the market movement here for how, how much do you one. think I, I got the Paul George TST for? Uh, $38. Try a third of that. A third of that? Wow. It was I, like... bought, I, I got the Paul George TST for like 11 or 12 bucks, something like that. Wow, it is it is so nuts. So we saw LeBron. Uh, it's funny, LeBron's up 16% in the last 24 hours, but like. It, it like dropped way down because everybody was pulling them. Uh, and then yeah, got below a thousand bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I think for like the first time in a very long time, we got below a thousand bucks. And then, so then we've got two LeBron moments here at the top, followed by a Steph, a Ja, a Luca. I wanted to see. So uh, as of the day of the drop, there were 12 moments over a hundred bucks, uh, common series one moments, excuse me, over a hundred bucks. And now we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, after 10, we got Kyrie 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. So now a couple moments have, um, have popped up a little bit. I'm, I am really interested in how this is gonna, uh, react in the next couple of, a couple of weeks. I saw some people immediately just be like, holy shit, the floor's lava. Um, but I, I do think a lot of people were like, Hey, I'm not going to buy any of these until, all of the moments came out and then all the moments came out and people immediately bought them up. So you are going to see uh, a little bit of a jump, but I'm curious, like two or three weeks from now, do we still see that same kind of energy of stuff moving up and people buying a bunch? Or was this like the, the first, like the first bump. And now what do we do? You know, like, I, I don't know what, what's kind of your assessment of what the, to me, it's probably close to the first bump, right? Like it's, it's closer to the concept of like, They've released all the supply, which frankly, yeah. if we're being honest, they should have done this two years ago. Like, well, okay, so I'm glad you brought this up because this was something that I was saying privately to a couple of people. This, like, we think about one of the one of the ways, of course, with moments, the value of moments going down. That's obviously how you lose people. But one of the other things that happened that really lost a lot of collectors' trust in what they were doing is they created this collector score. They were like, series two moments. This is how we're going to make these things worth some stuff. And then bang, those didn't matter anymore. And there was no real off-ramp except they were like, oh, but if you lock them all, we'll give you a reward maybe if you make it. And this right here, if this was announced when collector score got rugged for lack of a better phrase, I do think 
that would have been a much kinder and softer landing for those that were stacking all of those things. And granted, people would still take an L because it probably would have been like 500 trade tickets instead of the 40. But I just sure. feel like it would feel a little different, you know? Yeah, and, and look, they also said in S3 that they were going to release all these moments, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, at a bare minimum, we're a year late. But if we're being honest, it's probably closer to two. Yeah. Because the way the market has played out, all these moments have dropped significantly in price. And it, it puts them in a weird spot of they, they, they've kept this carried up for so long of being like, hey, you might be able to get an S1 pack. You might be able to get an S1 yeah. pack. You might be able to get the LeBron. Who knows? Get that LeBron yeah. TSD. Get that Giannis TSD. Um, and now we're in a place where I'm happy the market is where it is. You know, in, in your case, since you sold all your or gave away all your moments, I should say. Yep. Now you're in a place where I feel like you you feel happier about your account. Yeah, like, dude. I feel I mean I've I not have to feel great. Say that again. Buying after this drop has to feel great. Yeah, I mean, like, and I, I'm not even, this is like what my account looks like now. And I'm not even like trying to go buy stuff, honestly. But at least I don't feel like dead, you know? Like, I don't have any moments worth over 50 bucks. Vince Carter has gone up eight bucks since I got it. Uh, there you go, to the moon. Um, so I don't really have, I don't have like strong feelings one way or the other. I guess if anything, I'm a little bit more, honestly, I'm like a little bit more apathetic about the whole thing where like, I thought the series one drop gave me a little tingle. It was pretty exciting that that was happening, but I think I had like a pretty good idea of like, you know, you're basically trading in trade tickets for instead of having 40 moments worth nothing, you're going to have three moments worth a little bit of something. Uh, and it'll be easier to move those three moments than to move these 40 moments, except for like the small percentage of people that landed monster stuff. So I ultimately I did. I think the, I thought the drop was fun. I didn't care too much, like one way or the other. I was excited to get in line. Um, but I don't have like you asked me like, oh, are you did you think about flipping stuff to buy stuff? I just like, nah. You know, I, maybe if like something comes across the, the uh, like I see something and I'm like, oh, I actually wouldn't mind having that. I don't know. I just, I just like don't care. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because it's a company that we cover, but we also, you and I know a lot more about some of the behind the scenes stuff, but like ultimately I think for the, the broader public, it's like, do we, most people A, don't really care about that, but B, like the product itself is still in a weird place. Like they're not, they're still not gaining new users. They're the marketplace still kind of in shambles. I really like some of the new pack animations. That stuff is fucking cool. Yeah. That stuff looked cool. Um, but like, I also thought it's weird that like every time you open up a pack, it'll be like your first top shot TSD. It's like, no, it's not. It's not my yeah. first top shot debut. Like that's kind of yeah. weird. I love to. Um, it, it, I noticed that yesterday, or when I, yeah, yesterday morning when I opened it, and I got two debuts in the first pack. And the first one, it gives us this big, day, holy shit, a top shot debut. It's this person's first moment. And the second time, it didn't do that. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, like only Randall got love. Nobody gave a shit about Jonas. Um, but yeah, I like it. And Sneeps was saying I had fun watching Boston Base pull Jaws TST and Luke Cornett's TST over on playback. Yeah. And like seeing Stubbs get a little, like, I guess what I, I guess where I'm at is like I, it, the boat's not rocking one way or the other. Like I'm excited for the people that are pulling stuff. I'm not 
as mad about stuff as I used to be because I think the I just am aware of what's going on and I'm I'm comfortable with that. I think the only things that irk me one way or the other are just people on Twitter who it's not even what Top Shot's doing. It is like the community either being like this stuff is dog shit. Or the other ones being like, wow, they finally figured out everything's fixed. What's going to happen? Like Stay Stacks tweeted something out uh, yesterday being like, just like, oh, I guess it's perfect. I guess Top Shot's perfect now. And then the first reply is like, yeah, dude, when Wendy comes, what are they going to do? And it's like, man, it's going to be the same thing as when every other rookie comes. Like no one is coming on here because they have a Wemby debut moment. But you know what I mean? Like, except for maybe his friends and family. And even then, probably not. Uh, can can uh, we call like, greatest paid? Like, what? look at the demographics of what Top Shot is. Demographics of, of Top Shot are basically largely like white middle-aged men with a little bit of money, more or less. Like that—that's that's basically what what they've garnered as a full-on demographic. Yeah. And like, I don't know how they grow this thing. They've had four well, years really to to grow it. And they've shown no real inclination, whether it's through like big time marketing stuff or different kinds of activations in real life. Like we haven't seen the level of growth that we ex that I think most people expected. But like even with the NBA signing on and everything going either poorly or, or really well, depending on when you signed up, like. I don't know where the future is for them, like yeah, what's the long term, just... like. Like, like, and I'll just, I'll just finish it up with this. It's not a great sign when you're taking third-party uh, companies like Moment Ranks and OTM and being like, "Hey, your free game that's in line with us." Nah, we're not, we're not into that anymore. Yeah, I do want to get into that. That was going to be the last thing we we're going to talk about. I, I do want to give them a little bit of credit though, like, as you're right, it's not growing, but they for like two years, weren't able to figure out how to tread water. And now it does feel like they're treading water. And I will give them credit for that. Like they're not, it doesn't feel like they're sinking like it did for a little while. Boston Base said the Wemby hype is going to be wild. Mike is such a downer. So Boston Base, I agree with you that the Wemby hype is going to be wild for the people already here. Yes. You know, in the same way that it was wild for these Series 1 packs. I think it'll be, I think everybody that's already here is going to have a great time with it. What I'm saying is I don't think anybody else is going to be like, ooh, I need this who is not already in there. Uh, I'm also curious, like, what... I, I, I'm curious what the relationship will be like compared to what So Rare's do. And I don't know what So Rare's going to do. I just keep it, like, the dude's French. And I'm curious. Uh, I'm curious what, what they've got up their sleeves uh, come the fall. But, uh, yeah, let's get into what you were just saying about... Uh, and he's also an investor in So Rare. Yeah. Yeah, so I, we'll, we'll see. But, uh, yeah. yeah, so OTM had their town hall... Uh, and I know they, they talked about some cool, they're like rumble premium or jolly gold. And they've got, they had a lot of good announcements around TOC and stuff like that. But the, the thing that I want to talk about is they announced that in, in kind of a, a way that made me both concerned for OTM and for uh, Dapper, but where, uh, you know, it's August 10th and they were like, we don't really have a plan for rumble yet. Uh, and I'm, again, I'm paraphrasing. So if it's not hundred percent accurate, I apologize, but like we don't have, and by a plan, I mean a rewards plan. So in the past Dapper has given some money to, uh, to these companies that they're invent, like have been supportive of, uh, both in moment ranks and, um, and, uh, excuse me, OTM for rumble. And, I found it curious that like within 24 hours of OTM posting something moment ranks also uh Klee Gaines posted something on behalf of moment ranks being like, 
is this important to you? Do you like to do this? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and again, this isn't a shot at either of those companies. I think they're putting together a third-party product that is another way for people to engage with the platform in a fantasy-based way. I think it's great. Uh, but I do, I mean, I saw a lot of hype. I saw a lot of frustration about the Rumble stuff. And all I will say is like, and I tweeted this, they, they don't have money to pay employees. Like, I, so I don't know in what world you thought they were going to like throw Rumble money out there, you know? Well, it's not a huge activation, relatively speaking, right? Like, right. what was the prize pool last year? Like a hundred grand, like fifty, a hundred grand. Uh, yeah, like in in the broader scope of doing a marketing activation that lasts an entire season, that's not a lot of money. Yeah. Like, but I, the thing that's troubling about both of those announcements that I found like compelling in a negative way is anytime you have to say like create a social media campaign and tweet at these companies. You know what that tells me? Yeah. That tells me that uh, the company is not interested in doing a deal with you. Yeah, they've already said no. They've already said no. They've already said no. They, yeah. They've made it very clear. You are not getting a second date or a third date in Moment Rank's case. Like, you know, <laughs> like, this yeah. is very clear they're, they're not interested in supporting third-party companies. Right. Or, they, or they're... they're counter was like packs or something like that like i just don't think we're seeing um i don't wait hold on stance has terrible take they have a marketing budget use part of it instead of rohan mansion parties i'm just i'm telling you i don't think they think this it's enough i don't think they think it does anything for them you know like it's just kind of a, a side piece game and i don't think i i just don't think it does anything for them and it's, well, I don't think anybody's. I mean, the, 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 the counter, look, to be to be fair, to take the Aaron Borland counter on this, like with Rumble, love you, Borland. Um, but like, you know, that, that money was non um, withdrawable dapper. So that money had to be spent one way or another. Mm -hmm. So that money would go back into the ecosystem, and dapper does take a cut of it. Um, it's just you're writing off your own money from a dapper's perspective. You're taking that hundred thousand dollars and being like, "This is a write-off," and you know, basically trying to get people to engage that way to get new customers. But and my like, point, though, my point though is that it's just not a part of the mission of what Top Shot's trying to be anymore. You know, like they're trying to be the collectible, um, and that's it. And so, do, and do you, so there's do you no think that? Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but do you think that they've just decided that like? the idea of fantasy sports connected to a collectible isn't relevant for them. I think they're probably like, if we're going to do it, why don't we just do it ourselves? And like, I think, and they're finding different ways to do it. Like in NFL all day is the, I think their thought is like, well, we kind of do that with the playbook. Like it's not straight up fantasy football, but it's like pick them basically. Right. That was kind of how they were designing some of those playbooks there down the stretch. So I, maybe that's their thought. We're like, we we're going to create it for you. So like, there's no reason to go to the outside for like, I don't know how many people were playing Rumble week to week. Is it like 2,000, 1,700, something like that, I would imagine? Yeah, Maybe somewhere there. Right. Um, for free game. Yeah. But only top 100 were making money, you know? Right. And moment ranks. Look, there, there needs to be. I like Legains a lot. Like, I had him on Twitch on the podcast back in the day. I like Legains. Moment ranks has been a shit show all of last year. Like last season yeah. was awful. They could they couldn't yeah. they couldn't even update numbers on a night to night basis. How do you have a fantasy game that doesn't update 
fantasy on well, on the relevant. Yeah, I don't. I don't I don't think they had a lot of people left in the building either. I, I think they were pretty shorthanded by the end of it. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. I, that was bad. Although I do, uh, there was some top shot tout that said it was the best fantasy game in basketball. Uh, I so I think that. that, so that was yeah. a good, that was a good, that's tweet. not great. Um, but we do need someone to unfuck the web three community. Oh, that was my fit. Do I still have that photo saved on my desktop? Let me see here. I think I finally deleted it because once stuff starts feeling like bullying, I stopped doing it. Yeah, I think I deleted it. Um, hold on. Let's see. Let me catch up with a couple of things here. Uh, Dapper does promote its chain as being dev friendly and to basically rip all of these away from their marquee product, I think is a bad look. Yeah. Yeah. But listen, you want to you wanna go behind the candelabra? I don't know why. I saw Matt Damon in something recently, so I thought of that. But behind the scenes here a little bit. Uh, and I, this might be a little bit spicy, but I think if you could get most products that have any sort of relationship with building on flow to have a conversation about their uh, working relationships with uh, Roham and I uh, or with Dapper Flow, whatever, uh, I think that you would be surprised. Well, maybe you wouldn't be surprised. How many, put, it, put it this way. How many successful flow products have there been? Yeah, not man, and I don't think. I mean, some of it's probably because just the space itself is dead right now, and the markets are down. But I, I mean, I've talked to at least five different projects who have had just brutal experiences working with them. So I, I'm not surprised to hear them just be like, "Hey, sorry, OTM, sorry, uh, sorry, uh, uh, moment ranks. ranks, like we're we're done." Um, yeah, floaty, yeah, floaty's probably the 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 one. Um, and that's not to say that they, I like, listen, that's just from, that's just hearsay from me talking to these projects because we used to interview a lot of them. A lot of people have reached out about stuff. And so I, you know, I don't know. Went on guy. That's great. We need the on guy people back. Um, uh, but and, yeah. And Chops, Chops I, 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 I agree. I love the idea of, of Mung Rex. I think it's, it is super dope. I don't think it's better than so rare per se, personally. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, but like, I, I, I didn't yeah. like it. I th- I like the, the, yeah this I I don't think it's uh I I don't think the gameplay I mean I get what you're saying like where it's pretty cool you get to use your moments and something like I think both can exist in the way that DraftKings and FanDuel exist but I think the style of game and so rare is a little bit more fun but obviously the moments themselves look cooler than a card um but yeah I don't know I don't know I'll be I'll be I I obviously am biased because I have a working relationship with so rare and they treat me like an adult and. Uh, I'm excited. We got, man, I got some like fun stuff that's coming up down the pipe for that. And speaking of which, don't forget to check out the so rare video from yesterday. One final thing too, that was funny. Uh, I forgot like a year ago, I submitted Tony to be a uh, cameo to get on cameo. And I found out this week that it was accepted. So get ready for top shot Tony to make his return in cameo fashion. Uh, so get, get, I, I know Boston base already said he's ready to abuse that. I'm looking forward to it. I think that's going to be fun. Uh, and just for $99.99, no, it's going to be like $2. Um, oh, wait, hold on. Chop said just the idea of having to be specific with the type of play you choose. Oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah, That Again, that's what I mean. Like, I like the way with So Rare you have this cap. Uh, you can't just, like, drop a bag on everybody. But I do agree with that, like, picking between an AD uh, block or an AD, uh, or an AD, like, bucket. I totally get it. Um and people saying the link. Yeah, I'll, I, it's not set up yet. I got to set up the cameo. All right, one more comment, then let's wrap up. If they remove the gambling fantasy aspect from Top Shot, how will they encourage users to interact with the site or app daily frequently? 
Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, how all day considers the playbook to kind of capture what rumble was doing. Maybe they think that the, they said, uh, Packer, Sean on a uh, Tandy show, which again, check out Tandy show today, at four o'clock while people rip packs, um, that they are going to revisit how they did the challenges. So, uh, we'll see, we'll see. Maybe that's how they restructure it. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I just feel like challenges have been through such a mess and like windy highway of like, are we exiting on the fantasy element? Are we exiting on the, you know, easy pro hard challenges? Like what? I, I don't really understand like what their path is on challenges or like how they want to integrate fantasy in a way that makes sense. I don't yeah. Know. I think it's going to look very none, different. None of it entirely sure. makes sense to me. Yeah. No, I know it's not similar to rumble. I just, I think they're using that to replace rumble is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm like that's similar to that. Yeah. Sure. Um, all right, uh, Mike, anything you need to plug? Send people anywhere? What you got going on? Uh, no, man. Uh, we've been, you know, hosting Sunday night playbacks. Jay Destiny and Rock Doggy. Been doing mm -hmm. well over there. Um, so, team hold. Uh, play, play, <laughs> uh, watch playback.com slash team hold. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, nothing else to promote. Yeah, Sneeps. Go, Sneeps go find me on Twitter. Yeah, go find Weisberg on Twitter. Sneeps was doing the drop on um, he's been he's been streaming yeah. a couple of the drops over on playback. Shout out Jay Destiny. No pepper uh over on Team Hall. Are we are we gonna doing FIBA stuff? I, I know uh playback has been kind of iffy on big picture FIBA stuff. We, we I, might end I, up doing some FIBA games depending on Yeah, I think I saw us that we it's but it's at like four and eight in the morning Eastern time, I think. So it's a little bit early. But we'll yeah, we'll figure something out with FIBA. I would like to do that. Um and then we might have, I don't know, if we can do college football, we might have some college football stuff as well. So, uh, well, the lat, what was I going to plug? One other thing. Oh, yeah, go check out the Sober video if you haven't yet. Again, I'm going to drop a link in the chat. Just like, even if you don't give a shit, just leave, leave it open. Uh, Stan says, ask Dustin why Secret Invasion was so bad. I'm not going to ask Dustin, but it was so bad. I do agree with that. I got about um, halfway oh, through and gave up. We, we finished it, but it was bad. It was bad. All right. I appreciate everyone being here. I got to get out of here. Uh, Weisberg, thanks for coming on. We'll be back tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. We'll see you tomorrow. We out. <laughs>